I came that they may have life and have it among them. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. We're going to win by being the people that other people want to be around. Society wants guys who have an answer, guys who are committed, men who have a plan to make things better and go out and do it. You are listening to Night Vision. Hello and welcome to Night Vision, a multi-platform audio magazine presented by the Indiana State Council of the Knights of Columbus designed to enrich, enlighten, educate, and entertain. On today's show, we celebrate faith and patriotism. First, Scott Schutte sits down with fourth-degree master for the Indiana jurisdiction, Rick Santangelo, to discuss the order's patriotic degree. Later, Scott returns and talks with Indiana's Veterans Affairs Chairman, Steve Lutz. And finally, the Knights of Columbus were instrumental in having the words under God added to the Pledge of Allegiance. A moving reflection from an iconic Hoosier is on the way. And it's all coming up on this edition of Night Vision. As families around the country gather to celebrate our nation's independence, State Secretary Scott Schutte sits down with the Indiana jurisdiction's fourth-degree master, Rick Santangelo, to discuss the history and role the fourth-degree plays within our order. Good afternoon, everyone. Scott Schutte, State Secretary. Today I'm joined with our fourth-degree master for the Indiana District, Rick Santangelo. Uh, good afternoon, Rick. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good, thank you. Great. So, Rick, our July program here is all about patriotism, and our fourth degree is the patriotic degree. And wanted to get a little history from you about the uh, fourth degree Knights. Well, Scott, as you know, the Knights of Columbus was founded on February 6, 1882, by Father Michael J. McGivney, now blessed Michael J. McGivney. And in its early days, the order worked to counter anti-Catholic bias that Catholics could not be good Americans based on their allegiance to the Pope. The embrace of patriotism was the natural outgrowth of the Knights' foundational conviction that Catholics could be good citizens. The order initially had three degrees. The first degree, which represented the virtue of charity. The second degree represented the virtue of unity. And the third degree represented the virtue of fraternity. As early as 1886, Supreme Knight James T. Mullen proposed a patriotic degree to show that Knights are loyal to both God and country and the Supreme Board of Directors approved the formation of the fourth degree in 1899. Okay. The fourth degree, the patriotic degree, was formally added under newly elected Supreme Knight Edward L. Hearn. The first exemplification of the fourth degree was held on February 22, 1900, in honor of Washington's birthday in New York City, with a class of 1,000 candidates, a choir of 238, and 100 New York City police officers acting as section guides, 1,383 knights received the honors of the fourth degree that day. A fourth degree knight is referred to as a Sir Knight and is a member of an assembly. There are currently over 3,100 assemblies worldwide with 50 assemblies in Indiana. The first assembly in Indiana was the Abraham Lincoln Assembly number 235, which was chartered on July 6, 1914 in Gary. Currently, we have 4,422 fourth degree knights in Indiana. The patriotic degree represents 17% of our order. The purpose of the fourth degree is to promote and strengthen the patriotic spirit of the civic community, to educate its members and others, 
both in the teachings of Holy Mother Church and the history of our nation, to promote by example the highest type of citizenship necessary for the preservation and perpetuation of Republican form of government and its democratic institutions, to oppose dissemination and spread of doctrine dangerous to our form of government and to the divine law of faith and morality, to support by word and deed the duly constituted authorities of local, state, and national government, and to recognize excellence in public life. This is what we are called to do. Now more than ever, the church needs men of principle. Be those men. We must be the example for our fellow citizens and members of our church. It may be difficult, but nothing of consequence comes from something that is easy. It is through difficult times that we find our inner strength and make our greatest contributions to society. I urge you to be that model of Catholic citizenship that others look up to. Any third degree knight in good standing with his council is eligible for membership in the fourth degree. I challenge all knights, especially our veterans who have so faithfully served our nation to become a fourth degree knight. Excellent. So, um, and I know the example of vacation is really cool. I know there's been a lot of discussion of the uniform, but you know, it's not the uniform, it's being a patriot as, as a knight. So I think that, you know, I, you and I joined the fourth degree at the same time, but what, yes. 20 years ago or so. Yeah, and, pretty close. Yeah, and uh, it, I haven't regretted it at all. And one, one of the best parts of that is the color core. Right. So I know it's been really great when I go to like Special Olympics and things, the kids recognize the uniform, come running up, and, and they know uh, we're knights, and, and, and they really like that kind of stuff. So would you talk a little bit about what the color core represents and how it works? Well, a fourth-degree knight has the option to join the color corps, the most visible arm of our order. The color corps has two subgroups, the color guard and the honor guard. The color guard consists of, of the flag bearers and at least two members of the honor guard who escort the colors. The honor guard consists of members of the color corps who have mastered the manual of the sword. Members of the color corps take part in numerous religious and civic events, including liturgical processions, ordinations, funerals, and parades, as well as reflaying ceremonies, flag laying, flag laying ceremonies, flag burning ceremonies, and so on. They also support the parish priest in any way uh, that he would ask for assistance at confirmations, uh, graduations, things of that nature. And of course, we are very, very visible at the state convention uh, processing the uh, bishop and uh, other dignitaries in at the uh, mass at the convention. And, and one of the nice uh, things is, uh, as a member of the fourth degree, you can ask for the honor guard to stand at your casket and things. So that's kind of cool. With the fourth degree, there is no requirement to get the uniform. That, that's the choice when you become part of the color corps, correct? That's correct. There was no requirement to uh, purchased the cape and chapeau either when you became a member of the fourth degree. So the color core is kind of an add-on as it were, but it is it is a very nice part of the fourth degree. Some of the things that I like most about the fourth degree is just getting together with the guys, talking about the different things. Unfortunately, a lot of the members were older. As part of the honor guard, I've been to too many funerals, but I like the fact that there's that group that is looking towards the patriotism in the knights and you had mentioned helping out with the with the church uh and things is there are are there times when we do things 
just for the public as a color core or as well, I think a good example of that Scott would be when we take part in uh, in parades the uh, Veterans Day parade St. Patrick's Day parade if you can find one a Columbus Day parade uh, that would be perfect for the fourth degree. So that's something that we do that is outside of the purview of the church. It emphasizes our visible support of our church and our country. Very good. Well, excellent. I appreciate your time talking to me about the fourth degree and the color core and, and how that all kind of fits in. Is there anything that you want to say personally to the Knights before we close? I want to thank all the Knights for their support of our country and our church, because we sure as heck need it right now. And I want to ask, tell everybody to stay safe, pray for all our policemen and women, firefighters, EMTs, doctors, nurses, and all those in the front lines of COVID-19. May God continue to protect them and their families. And always remember as knights, we stand for the flag and kneel for the cross. Viva Jesus. Thank you. Thank you very much. Give my best to Lady Monica. That's one other thing I want to throw in real quick here. If you are a Sir Knight, your wife is a lady. Thank you again, State Master Rick, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Well, thank you, State Secretary Scott. Good seeing you and uh, good talking with you and give our best wishes to Lady Christine. Will do. Thank you. Scott's back right after this. Do you have a question or a possible guest or feature idea? Have a comment or opinion on a feature you heard? Need more information on the Knights of Columbus and what we do? If so, Night Vision wants to hear from you. Drop us a line at radio at indianakfc.org. Radio at indianakfc.org. Share a comment and let us know what you think. Night Vision wants to help you and your family put your faith in action. Radio at indianakfc.org. We can't celebrate patriotism without remembering the veterans who have faithfully served our country. Scott's back now with a discussion with the Chairman of Veterans Affairs for the Indiana Knights of Columbus, Steve Lutz. This is Scott Schutte, State Secretary. I'd like to welcome Steve Lutz. Steve is our Veterans Affairs Chairman here in Indiana and is a retired colonel from the Army with 29 years there at the Army. Uh, welcome, Steve. Hey, Scott. Glad to be here. Uh, glad you have you on with us today. So in our July program, we're focusing on veterans and their interaction with the Knights of Columbus. And, and Steve, you head up our Veterans Affairs. You've come up with a list of things that you're looking for us as Knights to accomplish. So let's, let's start with your first goal. So why don't you explain how that works and we'll go there. All right. So let me just say that uh, the goals we're going to talk about are the goals of the uh, Indiana State Council for the Knights of Columbus, and they're part of a plan. And the first one is the same goal, number one goal, that uh, our Supreme Council has, and that is to support the Veterans Administration Voluntary Service. It's called the VAVS. And in that program, uh, they look for volunteers from various organizations to support the VA. And that's at the VA hospital. It could be driving uh, patients uh, from Marion to uh, Fort Wayne or uh, helping out in the pharmacy or whatever. When I became the state representative for Veterans Affairs last year, we have representation in two of the five VA hospitals recognized in Indiana. And that was Indianapolis and Marion. And since then, we've added reps in the other three. So we're at 100% right now, and that's at Fort Wayne, Evansville, and Crown Point. So 
I would say we set that goal to get representatives, a representative and a deputy representative during this fraternal year, which ends the end of June. So in July, it's a new start. So we achieved that goal. So now what we want to do is sustain that goal and start the next level, which is to have the information the reps get passed at the councils and assemblies and uh, get volunteers to work with the VA. Excellent. Yes, I, I, I know that program has been around a while. Um, I'm part of the Bishop Chittard Assembly here in Indianapolis, and they had asked for some volunteers a few years back to help support the Indianapolis VA. So that was very nice that uh, we, we were one of those first two, and I'm glad we were able to come up with the other representatives for Fort Wayne, Crown Point, and Evansville. So what else are we doing for veterans? Well, so focusing down a little bit, further. So uh, two longstanding programs have been to send warriors to Lourdes. So obviously a large pilgrimage place in France, which is uh, the Knights and particularly the Supreme have supported that very strongly in the past years. It costs $2,600 to send one wounded and may not be physically wounded, maybe spiritually wounded or, you know, have some issues, PTSD or whatever. Uh, so we set a goal to uh, support two veterans to Lourdes. Unfortunately, because of COVID, Lourdes has not had a pilgrimage for two years now. So right now, the next pilgrimage will be May of 2022. Okay. And we are currently over $3,000 collected from our councils and assemblies towards $5,200. So I'm confident by the time the uh, next pilgrimage goes, we'll support from Indiana, sponsor two warriors to go to Lords. Excellent. Uh, now, now, do we get to pick, I mean, do we send, when we put it on our money, do we get to send folks from Indiana or is this going to a more general pool well, and I don't know that we've asked in the past, but I've asked that same question. I said, uh, our point of contact is a guy named Chuck Galena at Supreme. He works in D.C. He actually runs that program. And I told him, he told me that we would be able to know exactly who our money sponsored, just, you know, so we can kind of follow that. Will they be from Indiana? It's a very select list of who gets to go. Uh, sure. Normally, they're patients out of Walter Reed, uh, not necessarily, but from some military uh, VA kind of hospital. So it would be great if we knew it was an Indiana person, but the larger thing is we're going to help somebody uh, get a huge spiritual opportunity to, to go to Lord's France. So Yes. Well, I agree. I mean, as long as we are helping out our veterans, that's what matters. It doesn't matter sure. if they're from Indiana or not. But. Just a quick side note on that. There's over 40 nations who send military people to that pilgrimage. And uh, it's a huge event. I personally would like to go one year, um, you know, on my own dime. I get it. But uh, I, just from on YouTube, any of our listeners can take a look. And if you just search on YouTube, Warriors to Lords, there's a, several two-minute videos that are unbelievable that really get you fired up to, to watch that. Oh, definitely. definitely. In line with that, we also set a goal to, I, I know in the military, there's a critical shortage of chaplains and particularly Catholic priests. Uh, and I've been told that you know, there's a need for up to 800 chaplains of Catholic faith to minister to soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and their families. And currently we have about 280 chaplains 
uh, serve in the military. The Archdiocese for Military Services in Washington, D.C. has partnered with dioceses across the country in, uh, in, uh, with the Knights uh, as part of a uh, military chaplain scholarship fund. And we've picked the state council to raise $5,000 for that. I, you know, I don't know that we've had a set amount before. We donated to that before, but we picked 5,000. We're currently over 3,000 in that fund also. We'd like to, when we hit 5,000, then we'd like to donate that. And uh, I can tell you, Supreme is really excited about that opportunity to, to receive that money from the state of Indiana. Yeah, and I, as I understand it, the seminarians have to go through seminarian school, become a priest, and then they have to apply to do the military's chaplains. And there's another little training thing that they have to go through before they actually go do yeah, well, for the military. It's actually, it's a long lead time to become a military chaplain. Yeah. You have to do all your education and your seminary education, be ordained. Then you have to serve in your home diocese for three to five years before you can go become a chaplain. So, and, and a, lot of cha a lot of seminarians commit uh, at an early stage uh, during their seminary education to do that program, at which time that money that's raised by the Knights, which we've raised over $2 million uh, since the inception of the program with the Knights in 2011, which is a program administered through the fourth degree, pay half the tuition and the diocese pays the other half of the tuition for the seminary. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a good deal. I know, yeah. we need more, I know we need more priests out there, but having them be military chaplains is an important part of that. So right. very exactly. good. Okay. So now you have an information education goal. So let's talk about what that all entails. Well, you know, I've learned, you know, being a veteran, I, I have an idea of a lot of things, but not necessarily tying veteran affairs with my Catholic faith. And there are some unique Catholic things, and then there are just veteran opportunities. So as I experienced different things as the veteran affairs chairman, I try to build up a repository. For example, the first big thing was uh, the VA voluntary service and how that works and what you have to do, whether, and you can be a spouse to work on that. And, you know, that we accrue credits for that. So as I get that information, I don't want it to be a, a one person, you know, know it all kind of stuff. So we'll be working with our IT to put that on our access on a state uh, website, a link, I hope. Plus also once we free up a little bit more from COVID, myself and some other people will, uh, make that information available to any council uh, or assembly that's looking for some veteran related program. Uh, okay. What we do on veterans uh, masses in November, what do we do for Memorial days? Those are not necessarily programs, but those are lessons learned that I think we can share among each other also. Sure. So to be a repository for councils to go yep. get information about opportunities to interact with veterans Absolutely. in different activities. Yep. yep. Very good. Very good. Well, I like this last goal that you've, you've started, and this is a Hoosier Veterans Living History Program. And I've, I've seen a couple so far. Tell me more about this so that others can know about it. Yeah, you know, when I became the Veteran Affairs Chairman, I kind of said to myself, well, how many nights are veterans? And I realized quickly nobody can answer that question. I don't know that we'll ever get some detailed printout sheet that will tell us. But what I wanted to do was to 
find veterans who are knights. I wanted to highlight that veterans, there's a lot of veterans who don't have a lot of these issues that you might hear about sometimes of homelessness, joblessness, addiction, and so on. Uh, there's a lot of very high functioning, contributing veterans in our society. And oh, by the way, there's a lot of them who are Knights of Columbus and the great things they do for the Knights. So it was to put together a one-page bio. So the one-page bio has the person's name, the uh, council, land or assembly, whatever they belong to, a photo, and then a short narrative that they write that fits on one page. And right now we're at 22 completed. I've got 40 to 45 requests out because at our state convention, a lot of our brother and I stopped by a table we had and signed up. And I get it. Sometimes it's, it's easier to say, harder to do. But uh, we set a goal of getting 100. And we're not going to make it in fraternal year 21. But I'm hopeful to make it in 22. You got to get to at least 99 because my, my bio personally will be number 100. So I can't write mine until we get the other 99. So I'm going to be working on that. And just real quick, I mean, uh, I know you've seen some of these. We have one who's a 102-year-old knight, lives in Carmel, Indiana. He was in World War II with the 1st Marine Division, and he was in uh, Saipan and Okinawa. And then he was in Hiroshima on occupation duty. Uh, as he states, 25 days after uh, the atomic bomb was dropped there. Uh, must, must not have heard him too bad because he's 102 and he lives alone and he's doing great and his council loves him. We have another guy uh, from a council here in Fort Wayne who uh, spent two years of his Navy time in an Icelandic fishing village at a remote radio site monitoring uh, Soviet naval radio transmissions and he made a lot of good friends with uh icelandic people so uh it's a whole variety of stories out there and, and then we always ask how did your military service impact your catholic faith and your family and there's really some great stories on those one page bios excellent yeah i, I imagine there's going to be a few that probably going to stretch one page maybe to two or more because I've, yeah, well, they, I've known guys <laughs> their military service is pretty impressive. Uh, thank you much for your time. It's been great talking to you, Steve. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. And uh, if anybody has any issues on veterans, please contact me. Sure, sure. We'll have them contact you at veteransaffairs at indianakfc.org. Gentlemen, are you at least 18 years old and a practicing Catholic? Do you possess an overwhelming desire to serve your parish, family, and local community? Are you searching for a spiritually fulfilling, family-oriented experience? If so, the Knights of Columbus wants you. What began in a small church basement in New Haven, Connecticut, nearly 135 years ago by a young parish priest named Father Michael J. McGivney has exploded into one of the world's most successful and well-known charitable organizations, the Knights of Columbus. Become part of a Catholic fraternal group that brings about change on a global scale. Immerse yourself in the rich history of the Knights and enjoy the benefits of membership. Provide for your family's future while you work together with Brother Knights to continue to build up Christ's church on earth. All we need is a few hours of your time and talent for a few hours each month. To learn more about how you can join the Knights of Columbus or for more details, contact your parish pastor or go to indianakfc.org. The time is now. Be one of the faithful, the honorable, the Knights of Columbus. Born in Vincennes, Indiana, Fred Skelton was equal parts humorist, writer, painter, army veteran, and humanitarian. Here now is his famous reflection on our nation's Pledge of Allegiance. 
I had this one teacher, he was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, and he says, uh, <clears throat> he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representative chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation and justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all, for all, which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too?
Night Vision is a presentation of the Indiana State Council of the Knights of Columbus and Catholic Radio Indy. Contributors for this episode include Scott Schutte, Walt Pahan, and Bob Zielinski. Night Vision is produced by Z Media Studios in South Bend, Indiana.